All right. What's up? What's up? What's up? How are you all doing tonight? Welcome to another episode or another segment of the Intellectual Stew. Let me know you're there. Say hello. Don't be rude. You're coming in some. Come in. Say hi. Say hi. Let me know you. Let me know you're there. We're going to have a hopefully a thought provoking conversation tonight. Something uh, that will stimulate our thoughts, uh, make us possibly view uh, life or view, uh, parenting in a different way. So I'm super, super excited. Y'all see, I changed my background tonight. I didn't go with, Hey, what's up lady, Karen, you're supposed to be in here with me. I forgot to send you the link, my bad, but I I catch you in a few minutes. If I need you be ready, I might send it to you <laughs> in a few minutes, but y'all see, I changed my background. I, I went from black to white. I'm going to see how that works for a few weeks, but we still going to roll with the logo. And I am excited about everything that is going on with the intellectual stew the last two shows have been super they have been amazing uh we have um dived into what we call rock bottom and so what we ended up talking about these last couple of weeks was rebounding from rock bottom two weeks ago i had pastor Scipio a brown and brother craig wilson on last week 
I interviewed myself. <laughs> well, you know, you all interviewed me. And uh, we tried to be as transparent as we possibly could. Hey, Ashley, uh, uh, I thought you was going to be on the road or something. I was supposed to be sending you a link today, too. But uh, we'll handle it. What up, uh, Des Perkins? period? That's my guy there. What's going on? Hey, everybody that's in the chat right now, do me a favor. If all eight of y'all share it right quick, then it'll at least go to six. Then hopefully we can go to 16 like real fast. So do me a quick do me a quick favor as we start setting the show up or getting ready for the show. We'll have a couple of guests on tonight. And uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I like y'all know how I am. I love for our conversations to develop organically. Uh, I like to see where the conversations lead. I'm I'm going. I'm not going to lie. I was straight struggling this week with uh, what topic I wanted to deal with. I didn't know if I wanted to go uh, go 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 a little bit longer with the uh, rebounding from rock bottom. But I, after a few conversations this week. Uh, I was led in this direction, and that's what I am going to do. I think I touched on it uh, when I was in the studio prior to uh, going, uh, prior to uh, uh, coming home and doing it from home. So we're going to get back into it tonight, uh, and I'm looking forward to it. I really am looking forward to it. Tonight we are going to be talking, our, to- our topic is entitled, um, Parenting 101. Parenting 101. Let me see some people sharing this. Normally, I get a notification that shows me that y'all shared it, and I ain't, I'm not seeing anybody sharing it. So y'all, y'all help me out. Let me, y'all, uh, if all of y'all uh, will help me, uh, I would really, really appreciate it. So I really um, would appreciate it. Somebody don't know one of my person is not one was not a friend of mine. Don't know my schedule because he is trying to come over here while I'm in the middle of my show. Not happening, buddy. But uh, yeah, so I'm excited about this uh, show tonight. Yeah, share it for me. Share it for me. Thank you, Lady Karen. And uh, y'all let y'all there. Let me know. Say hi. Where you where you caught where you where are you chiming in from? I know Desmic is in Atlanta. I know Ashley and Lady Karen are in Arkansas, Little Rock. Uh, but let me know where you are. And like I said, we're gonna we're gonna get on into this conversation. It's 906. I mean, do y'all have has, have y'all noticed my little facelift? You know, I told y'all I got a brand consultant and she she turned up, she changed all of my uh, little logos and all of my posters and all those things around. So I'm excited about the growth of uh, the intellectual stew. That my baby is. Here comes, here comes one of my one of my special guests on tonight. Uh, so I'm I'm excited about that. I'm a look. She came in early. I was hoping she'd come back in a few minutes to let me set this up. But it's all it's all good. Hey, what's up, Doctor Couch? Doctor Couch? Doctor Couch? Doctor Couch? I appreciate you. Hey, so what we're gonna talk about tonight? Like I said, is parenting 101. Listen. All of our lives, we've heard the whole, the uh, old uh, African proverb that suggests that it takes a village to raise a child. But the problem is, uh, the problem comes really when we realize that how messed up the village has become. Because tonight, what I want to do is I want to issue a call to action uh, to the village. Uh, I mean, I know the village isn't what it used to be. It used to be a certain level of respect. Even in crime, you know, it was honor among thieves and things of that nature. But things have changed so much. And I think one of the biggest casualties has been our children and the rearing of our children. So with this call to action, I'm advocating tonight for boys and girls everywhere, asking the village uh, to take an active role in ensuring and in fostering a, a, an environment that children can grow in. And I think as parents, we need to be lifelong learners. We need to realize that we don't have all the answers. We need to realize that sometimes we do make mistakes. And even when we make those mistakes, we have to be uh, sensitive enough to correct course. Because if we don't correct course, then we, are, then we end up uh, leaving negative 
lasting ramifications because what's happening now i've noticed uh in my little 49 short years of living is that things are changed people are kids are leaving home and are never coming back i mean relationships are being ruptured between parents and children uh i mean i mean relationships i mean they're 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 i mean i know children they haven't seen their parents in years, don't care to see their parents and things of that nature. And I don't ever want to have that type of relationship with my children where they resent me so much. So, I mean, so I, I, I try when even when I saw myself making mistakes in the parenting process, I tried my best to correct course. And I grew. You no, know, I made I made Trace 23. That's my, my oldest. I made mistakes with him that I didn't make with Kennedy. And uh, and some of the one and, and McKenzie's pretty much on autopilot because we got that thing right with the first two. So but tonight I want to come on for a moment. I want to talk about four different kinds of parenting. I got a special guest. Uh, she is my sweetie. She's my love, the love of my life. That's my middle child. I'm going to bring her in and she's going to go over these four uh, types of parents with me. Hey, pretty girl. Hello. Can you hear me? Do you have do you have uh do you have any earphones? earphones? I do not. You don't. Okay, because you're echoing a little bit, but it's not bad. It's not. I can bad. switch devices and I have the earphones. Okay, you do have yes. Well, let's go ahead and switch them and come back in real quick. If All you right. have earphones on something else, come on back real quick because I want to make sure we have quality sound when we do this. But I'm gonna go ahead and get started. So be listening, okay? Yes. I'm my baby. I, see you in a minute. Y'all, I get excited when I see her. That's 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 my baby. She's she's in college there in uh, Athens at University of Georgia, and she's doing an excellent job there. And I'm super proud of her. So she's gonna come in tonight and kind of give Dad a report card, if you will, or kind of explain, kind of go with us. She'll be the uh, the child contributor to this conversation, if that makes sense. We, we'll let her be the child contributor because a lot of times we don't want to give young people voices. Uh, and that, that's we we really uh, have to be careful with that. But you got four uh, types of uh, parents. You got four types of parents. Kenneth, you're on here twice, so let me re- let me move. Uh, see if I can kick you. Okay, is that you right? Are, is that better? Yes. That's it. All right. Cool. 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 So what we're gonna do first uh, to get the show started? I got my Kennedy and myself. Uh, we're gonna talk about four types of parenting styles. And the goal, like I said tonight, is to repair the village. Y'all, if y'all have noticed, I've dealt with men, women individually. I've dealt with men individually. I've dealt with the structure of the family and how the structure of the family uh, is under attack. Uh, the black family is under attack. I've, I, so I've dealt with these with this in so many different directions. So now I want to start to put a plan together to start trying to correct course in our communities. And one of the things I want us to do is I want us to be cognizant of how we're raising our children. And, 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 and understanding that what we're trying to produce out of them, because the end goal is to make sure that they're successful citizens, uh, whether, you know, whatever, whatever they do in life. I, the end goal is to make them successful citizens, uh, to make them uh, uh, to, to, to put them in a position where they can take care of their families, where they can uh, make a living for themselves. And the thing is, if, if we train as the Bible says, train up a child in the way that he should go when he's old, he won't depart from it. If we train him right, then our training will lead to trusting, if that makes sense to anybody. So what I want to do tonight is I'm going to give, Kennedy, I'm going to give four types of parenting styles. Uh, Trey might jump in in a minute, too, I'm not, uh, if he's available. You know, Trey's working a job now, so I told him he got, if he's able to get in, come on, come in. All right, but the first type of parenting style is the authoritarian style. The authoritarian style. Somebody uh, 
type that and put that in the uh in the in the in the blocks for me. The authority let me see if I can put it in there right quick. Uh the first style is the authoritarian. Four types of parenting styles, but the first one is the authoritarian. I can't type real fast, so y'all gotta pray for me. How you spell Terrian? There it is. All right. Authoritarian style. So with the authoritarian style, what that suggests is you believe kids. All right, I want y'all to pay attention to this now. With the authoritarian style, you believe that kids should be seen and not heard. That's one. I wonder if you can't say amen, say ouch. The authoritarian style says when it comes to the rules, you believe it's my way or the highway. That's, that's the authoritarian style. Another characteristic of the authoritarian style is you don't take your child's feelings into consideration. Kennedy, you thinking, I can see your eyes looking up. Are you looking at TV? Which one? I'm, I'm sorry, my bad. No, there's your, nothing your, in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so that's, those are three uh, of the authority. Okay, here comes Trey. Good. Trey, what's up? Let me put you in here. What's up, dude? What's going on? All right, good. You got your earphones in, so you so you no echo on your end. All right, so what we're doing, Trey, is we're talking about the four different parenting styles, right? And when we get through with the four different parenting styles, y'all can tell me which style I had with you all. I already told them that I made most of my mistakes with you, and I, because you were the oldest, and because this parenting thing was on the job training, that it became easier as we got mm -hmm. older. You know, the mistakes I made with you, I realized things, some things just wasn't that serious, right? So I had to change court, correct course during the process of, of my parenting style. But the first one is, I'm going to do it real fast because I had just done it. First one is the authoritarian style. It believes you, you believe kids should be seen and not heard. It, it means when it comes to rules, you believe it's my way or the highway. And number three, you don't take your child's feelings into consideration. With this, part, with this type of parenting, children of authoritarian parents are at a higher risk of developing self-esteem problems because their opinions aren't valued in the home. That's the authoritarian. The second, um, the second, uh, second parenting style, and some of y'all in the, in the uh, chat, y'all let me know which style y'all are. Put it what, what style you think you are. I'm gonna let my child tell me what I, don't, I can think I am, whatever. But I'm gonna let them tell me what I am. But that's the first one, authoritarian. Let me know which one y'all think y'all are. The second one is the authoritative 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 style with that one you put a lot of effort into creating and maintaining a positive relationship with your child you explain the reason behind your rules you enforce rules and get consequences but take your child's feel feelings into consideration okay that's the authoritative style with this one researchers have found out that kids who have Authoritative parents are most likely to become responsible adults who feel comfortable expressing their opinions. Researchers have, I mean, excuse me, children raised with authoritative discipline tend to be happy and successful. They're also more likely to be good at making decisions and, and evaluating safety risks on their own. That's the authoritative. So we had the authoritarian and we had the authoritative. The third one is the permissive parent. The permissive parent is one who sets the rules, but, but rarely enforces the rules. He or she, they don't give out consequences very often. 
They think their child will learn best with little little interference from you. Kids who grew up with these type of parents are more likely to struggle academically. They might exhibit more behavioral problems as they don't appreciate authority and rules. They often have low self-esteem and may report a lot of sadness. Got one more kind that we're going to talk with. We'll start our conversation. Uh, The third one is, I mean, the fourth one is the uninvolved parent. You don't ask your child about schoolwork. You rarely know where your child is or who they're with. You don't spend much time with them. Children with these type parents end up with low self-esteem and tend to perform poorly in school. And they also frequently exhibit uh, behavior problems and rank low in happiness. So those are the four parenting styles. You have the authoritarian who believe kids shouldn't be, be seen and not heard, the authoritative who put a lot of effort into creating and maintaining a positive relationship with their children, which uh, permissive, permissive is uh, that you set the rules, but rarely enforce them. And then the final one was the uninvolved parent. Kennedy, I'm gonna let you go first. Out of those four, which one, which, which one do you think, which style do you think, well, because mom and dad could have been different. So based on your, which one was, was it to you? The authoritarian or the authoritative or the permissive or the uninvolved? Okay, so I think that it changed maybe as we got older. I think it may have started out as authoritarian because, I mean, mm. you're setting expectations. I don't, think, I don't think like my way or the highway is wrong when you're setting expectations while you're young, but mm. I think it definitely grew into authoritative okay for myself yeah do you remember around what age that change that change started to occur i mean personally i feel like y'all always wanted me to like try to like make decisions more and i think i just that's just not really in my nature Mm -hmm. um i think i've always just been like do what y'all say no matter what so i think maybe like middle school is when it's like time to like make more decisions for yourself yeah you you really just you in the beginning you really were a go with the flow type child and you didn't want to cause any drama <laughs> you didn't want to cause any type of issues because we couldn't even yell at you because that bottom lip would go out so <laughs> quick as soon as somebody hurt your feelings so uh so authority so you have let me see. Katrina Brown said, one, if I have a little grandma in me and two. So you can be. So you vacillate, Katrina, between authoritarian and authoritative. Everybody else in the chat. First of all, everybody's in the chat right now. Share this thread for me right quick. Cause some parents, some some y'all know what some of y'all I, I hear you. I've already raised my kids. I get that. But some of y'all got grand. Some of y'all going to have grandkids. And some of y'all, believe it or not, you're going to end up. I hate to say it. You're, you're going to end up raising some of your grandchildren. And so knowing that. We might want to revisit some of these parenting styles. We want to make, maybe be a, be a uh, mentor to some young parents that are struggling with this thing. But don't, don't discount the content. You know, let's, let's, let's really try to figure out how we can really uh, structure ourselves to repair the village. Go ahead, Trace. Which, which one do you think? Talking about me first. You, since I'm on, we ain't going to talk about mom tonight. She's not here. So uh, what, what style do you think I, I uh, presented in your life? Uh, I would say I'm taking notes as we're going. So authoritative, but I would say 
uh, it was only like a little bit of authoritative because not everything technically needed an explanation. Oh, unpack that a little bit more, so please, sir. I like, I like, I like that. I like that answer. Y'all, you, well, I like y'all. I love my kids. Y'all don't realize how much I love my kids. Because and I'm gonna tell you, hold on, hold on. I didn't prepare them for any of this. I just shot them a text a minute ago, so they they're on the fly right now as well. So y'all, come, come on, talk to me, Turk. Yeah, uh, kind of you and mom, but y'all just set expectations that kind of were just to be followed uh, without an explanation. But I will say I, I was thinking about some of the uninvolved attributes, and it's not that y'all were uninvolved, but y'all really gave me free reign kind of just at a young age. I mean, yeah. I was six, seven, eight years old, and we'd be riding our bikes miles away from the house, and we wouldn't think about nothing. It's funny, I passed a ship road a couple of days ago and drove in the old neighborhood. Oh, wow. And I was like, wow, <laughs> that's crazy. And you did. You mean, you mm-hmm. were six, seven years old. You were on that bike and you would be gone. But, you know, that's how we grew up. Yeah. When we were young, you know, we could be gone from the house as long as necessary. Uh, we just had to be home by the time the street lights came on. You know, yeah. so it wasn't lights. technically, it wasn't uninvolved. It was kind of just a trust after setting those expectations, abiding by expectations and, you know, kind of just following suit. That's good. Yeah, that's and, what I meant by like the authoritarian maybe being like necessary at a young age. The authoritative uh, being necessary and, and, and author- authoritarian. authoritarian. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah, authoritarian. Okay, okay, I got you. I got you. Being necessary because, and you know what? I like that because y'all always y'all hear me always uh, use the slogan that training leads to trusting, and 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 if you trust the training, you know what I'm saying? Then if then you uh, then you expect to get certain results. Now, certain things we did with Trey, we didn't do with Kennedy. <laughs> Kennedy can tell you right now, in 19 years of living, she never went and spent the night over no one of her friends' houses. Her mom wasn't let go and let that go, pop off, and I wasn't going to let that pop off. We just, we weren't going to let our girls, Kennedy or Mackenzie, go anywhere and, and spend the night. Hey, what's up, Tamia? We weren't going to let them go spend, unless it was family. If it were, Unless it was family, we weren't going to let them spend the night anywhere because that was our job. Trey, remember we had this conversation a couple weeks ago. We were talking about uh, when I, I brought up the uh, thing that we all were kind of sheltered. And uh, mm-hmm. Trey was like, well, I don't know if I was sheltered. We were sheltered there. And I said, well, if you look at sheltered as a negative thing, then you will view it like that. And he said, oh, okay, that makes sense. But mm-hmm. but one of the things that we did was, and, and that's one of the things I was reading, and I'll get to it a little bit later on tonight, um, that when you want to set your children up for success, one thing you try to do, if you can, is you try to move them to a better neighborhood. You try to get them in better schools. You try to get them uh, exposed to the right things, right? Hey, hey, Sister Wright, how you doing? You want to get them proper exposure, right? Because if you get them, we we tendency, we have the tendency becoming the effects of what we've been exposed to and what we've embraced. Let me let that marinate for a moment. Yeah, we have a tendency of becoming the effects of what we've been exposed to and what we've embraced. So like, so it's like if you always cussing at a child, don't get mad when he go to school cussing at the teacher because he's the effects of what he's been exposed to, right? And because he's been exposed to it, he's embraced it. So that's, that's, kind of, that's the kind of thing. So, so in our house, and, and I'm going to just ask you, Kennedy, did mom and I have different parenting styles? Mm. first thing that came to my mind is no I don't think so mom may have been like a little bit more permissive okay like 
I don't know, but y'all, neither of y'all were like hard on this, hard on me in particular, but I don't know. What you think, Turk? Well, you, you ain't never do nothing. I know, exactly. Yeah, that's you, hard. That's yeah, why it's hard. Yeah, you, you, never, you never did anything other than go to school and play softball. And I mean, you, your, your routine was set, what, for about five, six years straight, you know, so that you didn't do it. Trey didn't do much of anything. You know, like I said, the, the we learned, I learned that a lot of the battles I was fighting with him at six, seven, eight, nine, even 10 or 11 really just wasn't important battles to fight. <laughs> you know, I, I, Trey, I remember one time you were going to the bus stop and it was about 30 degrees outside and you had on some long shorts and some long socks. And I'm like, it's too cold outside. I want to go off on him by not wearing socks. But then I thought about it. Number one, he was making almost straight A's. So that was first of all. So that, so he wasn't, that wasn't a problem. But the second thing is when, girls wear skirts hmm. and they wear skirts with, uh, what you call it, pantyhose or whatever you want to call those types of things. And they do that in the cold. So what's the difference? Yeah. It's, I mean, so though that was something that was about, I could have shown my author, authoritarian, you know, like my way or the highway, or I could have said, man, go ahead. But I never had, they, y'all never gave us any problems, you know, with regard to any of those types of things. Now, if you ask your mom, I guarantee you, she'll probably say she's more of an authoritarian. No, she's authoritative, dominant, no doubt. But she, her rules are her rules. I'm, I, I think I'm a little bit more at, at this age, I'm a little bit more flexible. I'm, I'm not as a, as a, and I'm not going to say use the word as offended, but I'm not as bothered by some of the smaller things, you know, some of the smaller things, uh, you know, that, that some of us sometimes go through and all those types of things. But I, but I had to grow into that. That, that, that took years of patience. That's the question for everybody in the chat right now. What type of parenting style do you think you have? What type of parenting style? We've identified four. We've identified the authoritarian where you believe it's my way or the highway. The authoritative, where you explain the reasons behind your rules and all of those types of things. Uh, the permissive, where you set rules, but you rarely enforce them. Or the uninvolved, where you, uh, you, re you, know, you don't really ask your child about schoolwork and all those things. So uh, which, 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 uh, which parenting style do you think you guys are? Now, understand this as well. Despite our different parenting styles... Uh, you can Kennedy just made reference to it. You can change. <laughs> you really can. I mean, you, you, you can be one way uh, now, uh, but you can learn another type of parenting style. It, your parenting style doesn't have what you say that Sharon, right? That wasn't one of the one that wasn't one of the options. <laughs> but I guess she said old school disciplining. And I get that because that and we're going to get into that in a little while. Because dis Discipline is one of the things that I want to deal with in a little while. Uh, uh, I, I got my children on, well, we got my two of my uh, children on for the first 20 or 30 minutes, and then I'm going to uh, transition to something else. Now, when I talk about those that possibly want to change their parenting style that might be feel like they're an authoritarian now or a uh, permissive parent or a uninvolved parent, I'm putting a link in the chat now, and this link will tell you how to start the strides of becoming a more authoritative parent. Authoritative parents are the ones that get the best results out of their children. Hey, Shantae, we're talking about different parenting styles right now, and I'm asking everyone what type of parent. Lady Karen, what kind did you say you were? I'm, let me look back up here. She says she got some authoritarian, but mostly authoritative. So, it, so Lady Karen, are you saying that it's your way or the highway? 
I'm waiting to see. I'm, I'm gonna see. Uh, is, is it your way or the highway? So what else? Uh, what else, uh, Kennedy? As as a child, and 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 now that you've gone to college, and you're living in the dormitories, and you got like a culture clash going on in in your dormitory, what have you learned differently uh, that? Like, look at how other parents raise their children based on what you've learned. What's what's some of the things that you've learned along the way that you see different? And you're not judging anybody. You just call it your call it like you see it. Um, there are definitely different standards that people hold themselves to. Okay. Like, some of the things I see, I feel like people should be embarrassed by, but they have no shame about it. Oh, wow. And I'm just like, might want to rethink that, but that's definitely something I see a lot. You don't want to say what it is. You, want, you don't want to give us an example of what that might be. Uh, for example, cleanliness. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Trey, did you did you experience some of the same things when you went off to college? Was your was yeah. your was your foundation different than a lot of the normal the people that you were hanging around? She said, mm-hmm. I heard her. Yeah, I guess. But what's normal to us ain't normal to everybody. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, and and so even with what's normal to us is not normal to everybody else. It, I mean, we all we live peaceably among everybody. So, you know, you mm-hmm. kind of, you know, they, they do what they do. They do what they do. But there should. But the thing is, and this is what I'm hoping and I well, I'm, I know since I'm, I've been knowing y'all for so long, is that the standards that you've set or we've set the foundation is in place, right? And because the foundation is in place, can't just anybody come and 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 damage that foundation. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Y'all not gonna just fall with any wind of whatever, you know what I'm saying? And 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 I and I I remember those times I was a little sometimes like at the baseball field, there were times that I was pretty authoritarian type because I wouldn't let certain people talk to y'all. You remember that? If a person tried to talk to you or try to offer you advice or try to do certain things at a certain point, I mean, I, I mean, I would have borderline embarrassed y'all at times because I wasn't going to just let anybody talk to y'all because, I mean, I was still training you. I was still trying to teach you uh, how to uh, how to process. You know, Kennedy, I remember times we would be on the freeway and uh, and we and I say, OK, we're driving 70 miles per hour and we got five miles to the next in- exit. How long is it going to take us to get there? And Trey would be like, whatever. I ain't doing it. Mackenzie be in the back like, yeah, okay, whatever. And Kennedy be over there with a little bit. Point two. <laughs> She'll be trying to break it down and give us a formula. But to me, those were life lessons. And those were things to make you kind of think on the fly. Because life is going to throw curveballs at you sometimes. Life going to throw means going to throw angles at you. And when those times come, that's not the time to panic. That's not the time to pout. That's the time to react, right? And you react in a moment, and the time you do, and and, the, and you're more effective in being able to do that when you have been prepared. And I think some of the lessons that we gave y'all in life, we tried our best to prepare you with those things, right? Let's see what uh, Corey Wachowski said. He wrote a paragraph over here. Hold on, I'm just playing Corey. He said, "To be perfectly honest, you have to be all for okay." When they're young and easily influenced, you have to be an authoritarian simply because you know better than they do. At that point, you later have to be authoritative. You still have to establish rules and order, okay? Uh, But you 
have to be open to their thoughts, feelings, and ideas. When they start turning into who they and when they start turning into who they are, you have to become submissive. Uh, you have to allow them submissive or permissive. You have to allow them to do things permissive. I know what you mean. To allow them to do things to gain trust. Going to the movies with friends. What y'all y'all think about what Mr. Couch just said is pretty accurate. Yeah, I agree. And I think you should definitely set the standard and abide by it at a young age too. Because if you get away with stuff at a young age, what's to stop you from getting away with stuff at an older age? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because you you start you you it's kind of like uh you kind of start setting a rhythm, if you will, right? Yeah. Not to cut you off, but if you tell someone to wash the dishes every time every night after they eat at six o'clock, or not six o'clock, six years old, they just gonna think that's normal. Wash mm-hmm. the di- wash the dishes after dinner. And I've been doing it since I was six years old. It would take two minutes. But if you let them dishes linger for a day or two, you know, yeah, it eventually be like, wow, I got to wash the dishes. It ain't that many dishes in there. I'll get to it tomorrow. And then tomorrow turns to the next day. So setting a standard at a young age is a good thing. I agree with that whole heart. What do you think? Sound about right, Kennedy? Yeah, I agree. About what he said about falling into the permissive stage. And, and you may do this because you use a lot of um, – uh, you use the anecdote, if you will, about Trey calling you, and then you said, I'm glad you're thinking. You're just letting him do his thing, pretty much. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not trying to control any situations anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and, and for those that don't know the story that she's referring to, what she's referring to is one time Trey called me uh, with a big decision when he was in, the, in in junior college. He had a big decision, and I think he wanted help with the decision, but when he called me, what he said was, Dad, I was thinking. And then he went through a whole soliloquy about what he was thinking. And, and, and in that soliloquy, honestly, I, I kind of turned it off as soon as he said I was thinking right. Because that's all I raised him to do. I, I wanted him to be able to process. If he gets a problem, the problem comes, you process the problem. Once you process it, then you perhaps it. I call it perhapsing. Perhaps I mean it could do this or it could do that or it could give us this type of outcome. He could do it. And he had done all that. So when he finished his little soliloquy, I said, all right, then I'll holler at you. He's like, well, Dad, what do you think? I'm like, don't matter what I think. You thought. And, and that was him as a 19-year-old man growing into a man. Same young man that I would let and him, he and his mom, my mom and his mom and I would let. Go on the bicycle for six, you no, know, for four or five hours, hang out. Same young man that we would let go on baseball trips and be gone for a week. Same young man that had uh, went through high school, never got suspended, never got in trouble. Uh, so, so if I if I did all that training, why wouldn't I trust his opinion or trust his decision making process? And that's part of, as Corey just said, the permissive stage. Right, we get to that point where we start to give them permissive because what we I think so, so many times we're so content with or our goal is to make us a mini me. And I'm not talking about somebody who looks just like me. We want somebody who think like me, somebody who makes my who I can make decisions for, who I can do this. And, and I call that raising robots. <laughs> I used to have to make Kennedy make decisions because Kennedy would Kennedy would have just been so cool with us making the decisions for her. Right. I mean, I remember when Kennedy was two years old, she walked around with these two fingers right here in her mouth, and she would just talk <laughs> with these two fingers in her mouth. <laughs> I mean, a whole sentence would just, <laughs> and I got down on my knees and I looked her in her eye and I pulled her fingers out of her mouth and I said, Talk. 
And I promise you, she would start using complete sentences from that day forward. Complete sentences from that day forward, right? Because you have to put them in positions to be successful. That's that's not that's not that's looking at them and seeing the future and seeing a, and and but you see the future based on their individual gifts and their individual talents, right? Trey uh, was Trey was excelled at baseball earlier in life. Early in life, then when he went to high school, he he. Uh, took the test to get in the magnet program, passed the test in the magnet program. Kennedy uh, went played softball all the way through high school. Her senior year of high school, she said, I don't want to play travel ball no more. I just want to play high school ball. My grades are good, so I'm going to get a scholarship through my grades. So when they come to you with those types of decisions and they make life-changing decisions, but when they come to you, they give a rationale, we have to be the authoritative parent that had re- that realized that I've done the training that's necessary. Now the training that I've done has to start developing into trusting. And so now I can throw Trey the keys. Because I ain't going to lie, first time, boy, I gave you the keys, I was nervous. I mean, scared to death. First time giving Kennedy the keys, Lord knows we were nervous watching her drive. So, But the training leads to trusting. If I did what I was supposed to do, then I will in the end, in the in the end, I'll see uh, I'll see results. And that's the goal. The goal is to see results. Trey, I know you got work in the morning. So uh, if uh, if uh, if I've held you too long, you're welcome uh, to go ahead and uh, and to leave uh, and uh, uh, go ahead and call it a night. We appreciate you for coming in and no sharing. I appreciate you having me on. No problem. No problem. Six o'clock in the morning. You got to get it started. Six thirty. 6 30 okay i'll be sleeping 6 30 i promise you that mm-hmm. but uh but i appreciate you so much and uh and we'll talk to you again soon all right all right sounds good all right love you kiddo Crazy. all right kennedy sir yeah. well so we are i'm gonna do a little bit more talking in a few minutes uh we're gonna i'm dealing with some things uh, i'm gonna deal with some direction and i'm also gonna deal with discipline and then if we have enough time i'll kind of get into the development aspect tonight in the whole parenting 101 the first thing being direction do you do you think we help provide direction for you uh i definitely think so i think that leads back to what i was saying about the authoritarian part um Mm -hmm. or phase and i also just learned and you said i didn't get in trouble much i think that also came from just watching trey being four years older than me be like oh don't do that obviously Trey so, get, did, did Trey get in trouble a lot a little bit I think y'all had like stern talking to him every time every yeah, now and again yeah we, yeah we definitely had some stern talking to but they I think those might have stopped when the fourth or fifth when maybe seventh grade we might have had one of those types of conversations but for the most part because I, I probably can count on one hand how many times I spanked y'all in y'all's whole life because I ain't gonna lie I wouldn't I ain't, y'all can laugh at me in the, in the chat if y'all want to but I wasn't very good with a belt. <laughs> I just I wasn't very good. I couldn't swing it like that. Now, I, I, when they were younger, I could put them across. I could put them across my knee and put that hand on them or whatever. But and then the other thing was, I just never could imagine myself beating on somebody that I love. And I love those children. I couldn't see myself just just straight spanking, mean, just whooping them or I mean, dog, I mean, just talking crazy to them. And I'm gonna get into some of that. Uh, uh, in a little bit, but I wanted to ask Kennedy that question first. So you think we did help provide direction for you? 
Yes. Okay. What now? Did we do that directly or indirectly? It was both. Okay. Yes, both. It was well. How so indirectly? Indirectly, the obviously just the way y'all carried yourselves. Y'all, okay. y'all weren't really do as I say, not as I do type of people. Um, yeah, I think if you want your child to act a certain way, you have to kind of lead by example. And y'all did that. Are you being, now, I didn't, I didn't put any money in your cash app to say none of this kind of stuff. So, I mean, so, I mean, yeah, so y'all, if she, she's saying this on her own, I promise you she is. I'm, I'm not, I didn't pay her to say this or anything of the sort. She's not going to get in trouble. I don't, like I just told you, I don't spank my kids. So she's saying this all on her own. You, 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 you think we, so we led, we led back. Now I know for a fact, one thing you saw was you saw me get two degrees in your lifetime. So education subliminally was something that was impressed upon you, right? Mm-hmm. So was so college was always was never not an option. Yeah, I never thought it was not an option. Okay, okay, okay. That's good. That's good. So then, let me tell you these five ways that we say uh, you can. Uh, and, uh, and I'm gonna let you off in a minute. I promise you, I am. Five ways yeah. <laughs> to help set your child up for success. One way is, as children, you want to simulate your talk and have real conversations with them. You know, sometimes we do the whole little baby talk thing, and we, you know, we, uh, we, uh, but, and we talk a certain way around them. My, the conversations that we have now, we had these conversations like all of their lives. I mean, we spoke with a certain type of vocabulary. Uh, we, uh, we just, you know, we didn't, uh, we didn't settle you know we we, we we use proper grammar all of those types of things and uh so we tried our best to uh stimulate them with conversations and then they were able to contribute to the conversation i mean i'm i mean and the thing is i i was like amazed because kennedy would talk but she ain't talk a lot <laughs> not to us anyway so whenever kennedy would talk her words were like super super intentional if that makes sense so it, it was like she didn't waste words. So if we had a conversation, when she decided she was going to say something, it was going to be something like a whoa, like a wow. <laughs> like, like where did that come from? Because we, we, but, and I think that's because she understood the concept. Why did I, what did I always tell y'all? You got two ears and what? One mouth. Why? Because you need to listen twice as much as you speak. Yeah. So, and so I always taught them two ears, one mouth, do twice as much. I got that from my daddy. Twice as much listening as you do talking. So I think Kennedy was such a good listener. She would always pay attention. She would always pay attention. So when it came time for her to talk, she had something to say. She had something to say. And 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 it was so funny because in the home, she was meek. She was humble, all those things. But then when it came time for the softball, she became a whole different person. And she would be that leader. I mean, I mean, she would be the one to check people in the... Uh, in the uh in the uh dugout if they started getting out of line or something along those lines she would be the one to kind of check them so kennedy was always uh but but i think that's because of her ability uh because we had those stimulating conversations that set them up for the future second thing they said that it, that that we should do and some of us are past that stage now is that we should read to our children when they were younger make sure you read to them make sure you read to them and then you use everyday experiences every hey vita how you doing uh, we use everyday experiences as learning opportunities. Kennedy, do you think we did that with you? 
for sure. I think we we really did have so many. We spent a lot of time in the car, I feel like, and we really did use that time to like talk about things that maybe not might not have mattered at the moment, but like they can, can come up now. You can think about them now and be like, oh, okay, yeah, that kind of mattered. Can you think of an example of, one, of, of a conversation like that? Um, I know I'm putting you on the spot tonight. I mean, I, and I appreciate you. For, I appreciate you for your. And I see those eyes go to the right every time she's thinking. She's she's going. She's thinking every time she gets eyes. But can you think of something similar, or maybe this that that uh, might have been kind of an example? I think, it for me personally, it was like, just like decision making. Like I feel like y'all like were trying so hard to like emphasize why it's important to make decisions where i'll need to make decisions like to be an adult you have to make these decisions so i think that is going to stick with me because i still like low-key struggle with that but i'm better at it you still struggle with decision making yes because i just want to make i just feel like there's always like one right one and i want to make the right one but eat but yeah but even the wrong one gives you experience true you know, so even though if you got the, if you make a decision, as long as you as you stand on those sides, whatever size shoes you wear, and you make that decision, and you can live like live with it as a young lady, right? I mean, you I mean all things. I'm gonna tell you this: all things work together for the good. I told him that last week. So even the bad decision that you make, if you pick up experience, then at the end of the day, you can come back and say, "I've learned even what not to do." <laughs> so next time you're faced with something, or else you might be able to turn that situation around, right? and right. make it work for you but but that's and that's part of processing that's part of processing some of the things that you go through so good i'm glad that we used uh everyday experiences learning opportunities and then another thing it says take your take the play seriously i mean i know do you think softball helped a lot as far as uh as far as your upbringing were you able to apply some of those things principles that you learned on the softball field into your personal life whether it be leadership, whether it be how many chances you get, I mean, whether, well, you know, would it be tracking? I mean, what, I mean, what, is there something that you can think that you can juxtapose mm-hmm. between softball and your everyday life? Yes. So it's a sport of failure. You okay. hate failure, but I personally, I just love it for some reason. I've been around baseball, I played softball, I'm still playing softball. I just love it. And to be a part of something where you're going to fail so much and still love it, that that just is a piece of like committing yourself, having dedication. Wow. So, yeah. Being around something. <laughs> That's good, Kennedy. Yeah, I think about that in the chat. She said being around something that you've, you know you're going to fail, but you still love it. Because if you, even in failure, if you can succeed three out of ten times, you're successful. And imagine if we, if we, because see, society tells us that we gotta, we in order to be successful, we gotta, we gotta uh, succeed nine out of ten times, or maybe eight out, eight to ten times, eight out of ten times. And if you do seven out of ten times, you're straight average, right? But and 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 we and we and we put these principles on our children. We put these expectations on some of our children. We wonder why our children, some of them are having to take what's that stuff called Adderall and all of these types of pills to uh, to hold their attention 
and all of these types of things because we put this and we put this extra pressure on these children and this, and 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 it and it breeds and creates uh feelings of angst and anxiety right and then we wonder why they sitting there looking in the, in, the, in, the, in the mirror with a razor blade contemplating quitting and they got all this pressure on them at seven eight Kennedy, i remember one time you had a little breakdown at a softball game you remember that mm-hmm. and when, when you had your little breakdown they, they said oh come get kennedy and what i do i said come on and what we do we just walked we walked we walked i said breathe breathe i ain't try to find out what was wrong i didn't try to hug you and stop you from crying i ain't try to do none of those things i said walk walk i got you away from the field over on the side then i said one two i started counting three four i said lift your hands up so you can breathe better lift your hands up and i and that was probably the calmest you had ever heard me right one of the calmest times but that calming voice was what gave you the even kill that you needed at that moment, right? Because the, you had never cracked. I mean, never stressed. Nobody could ever get you. But that day, you 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 were overwhelmed. You had homework that was bothering you. So mad, I missed you, that game. Yeah, you. They needed you that game too. Like, you played softball. I mean, every yeah. I think that week y'all might have had three or four games that week, and plus you had schoolwork due that week, and it all hit you at once. I mean, and when, and y'all, I'm telling you all in the chat. When I saw my baby, like when they said Kennedy's crying, I'm like, huh? She don't cry. <laughs> I said that child don't cry, and they said she's crying. I'm like, whoa, come here, come on, come on. And we and I just and then she was like, but that, she's trying to explain to me why she's crying. I'm like, calm down, walk. Well, it's okay. You're good. You're fine. Calm down. Calm down. And that's all I wanted to do. That's all I wanted to do because that was a life lesson for her. And thankfully, Vita, thankfully this time I was there. Right? I was there. And and she knew exactly who to call when, or they knew who to call when she needed somebody. But now I'm not there every day. She's in Athens. She lives in her own dorm. She's responsible for feeding herself two to three times a day, whatever she decides. She's responsible for getting her homework in. She's responsible for all those things. So when the pressure comes this time, I might not be there. And if I'm not there this time, hopefully she'll be able to just to walk, walk, one, two, three, four. And by the time you get to 10... You should be able to calm that thing down. Why? Because it's mind over matter. I mean, every situation that you've had, that you've that you've faced so far, you've overcome it, right? I mean, you've gone to you've you've got you've gone to college on the Zell Miller scholarship. I mean, you mean are overachieving. I mean, mean making straight straight almost straight A's. I mean, everything is working in your favor. Why? Because the training led to trusting, and now that we trust you, and we do. Now, you're a young lady. You're able to do everything. You and that's why you don't. You get everything you're supposed to get. <laughs> you get everything you're supposed to get. And you and the thing about it, you ain't, you haven't asked for anything, but you get it. And good things continue to come your way. Two more things. Uh, no, one more thing. Take place seriously, like I said. But then the other thing, if you're gonna help your child to, uh, for future success, is you want to lead by example. You can't be that parent that says, "Do as I say." Uh, and not do as I do. I mean, you can, but if you if you're gonna do whatever you do, please don't do it around your children. It's it's some old school principles that just worked. I know I know some of us are 
are are really uh, uh, we are in opposition to how our parents raised us. I mean, some of us probably were on the borderline abused, if you will. You know, when we were coming up, if you look at it in reverse, some of us probably were borderline abused. Uh, I, mean, I ain't gonna. I, I think I was sometimes. I'm not gonna tell my mom that, but uh, I, I, sometimes I think I was. When I look at it with 35 and 40 year old, well, 40, I'm 49. We're looking at with 49 year old eyes. Some of the stuff that I I was subjected to, I would never subject uh, my children to. But but I lived through it. I made it through it. I made it through it. I made it through it. So that's why I wanted to. Next thing I kind of wanted to go into tonight. Uh, was the discipline aspect. I wanted to go into the discipline aspect. Kennedy, you can uh you can uh hold on one second. Give me a second. You you can go. Let me uh let me get up this video I want to play for everybody tonight. And this this video really upset me because this is this, oh, before I play the video. Kennedy, you go ahead. I appreciate you. You got you you're, uh, you uh you uh you got homework or you finished? No, I have some homework still. So. Oh, you still have, oh, girl, you should have told me a long time ago. You could have been No, it's fine. Oh, okay, cool. All right, well, you have a good night. Thank you. Let me see, let me see the intellectual stew shirt. What you got on a hoodie? or uh, That's a hoodie? Indeed. Oh, shuck, it look good on you too, girl. Look good on you. you wear it. She's advertising for her daddy out there in, uh, in, uh, in Athens, Georgia, listening to the intellectual stew. All right, baby girl, love you. All right, love you too. Talk good to night. You later. All right, good night. All right, so it's just me now, guys. So listen. What I want to get into now is I want to get into that discipline thing, because I think with regards to discipline, some of us really need to hand in our parenting cards because some of us flat out suck at discipline. Because let me tell you this, if you have to wait until you're angry to discipline your child, really, that's borderline. Uh, the, that's, that's grounds, almost the foundation for borderline abuse. See, p discipline for me growing up uh, and watching it, 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 it was a little dis different because with discipline, typically discipline is supposed to hurt the person who's performing the discipline as much as the person who's receiving the discipline. Because discipline should be done in love, right? Y'all help me out on this one because I, mean, I know, I, mean, I get it. The Bible says spare the rod, spoil the child, all that thing. I get it. Uh, the Bible says train up a child. Uh, it also says provoke not your children to wrath. And I think a lot of children have been provoked to wrath. I mean, because they're in environments where people are cussing, drinking, smoking, all kind of, they're yelling at them all day. Some children, I ain't gonna lie, some children have to literally, and I'm gonna use this word for parent, for a certain type of parent, and y'all can get mad at me if you want to. Some of the children are terrorized for 13, 14 years of their lives. And then we wonder why they go to school angry. We wonder why they are fighting and all of these types of things. We wonder why they're so desensitized to violence. And we wonder why they drop out and so many are going to prison. A lot of it, I mean, I, 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 wanted, I was trying to get a, th a therapist on tonight because I wanted to ask a question. And maybe some of y'all in the chat know. Uh, can mental illness be affected by environment? I mean, can a person, can you're in, can an environment like a person being in a dysfunctional environment all the time, can that lead to them becoming mentally ill? Somebody in the chat that might know that. Let y'all yes or no. Can can that happen? 
because I watched some of these children. Let me let me, let me share this video right here because this video here had me so I watched it a couple of years ago, but it had me so mad that I wanted to play it again tonight for us. And this y'all we and I want us to talk about this together. But this this really had me hot. But uh, all, here it is. I, right here. No, I apologize for the way he acted, but I'm about to beat his ass. I'm gonna let you know that right now because this is not going on. He ain't you, you stay, you stay right here. Now, y'all watch this. I need you to stay right here. I'm going to tell you that. And I see why she's called scared. Look at that. Oh, Susan, you walking too fast. I can't keep up with you. And she got somebody recording her, stupid. I got to speed walk with you. Shit. Now y'all see this. She is going in the elementary school. Can y'all? I hope y'all can hear me. She's going in the elementary school to uh to clap. Watch this. Who y'all looking for? Uh, Quinteros. Quinteros. What are they in? I think first. First. She's gonna be on that side. Okay. okay. We're not. I'm I'm ugh, I'm I'm really like mad right now. <laughs> Watching that video right there just really 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 it's so many things wrong. I mean y'all y'all help me evaluate the video. Y'all let, let's talk about it. First of all, 
That's oh, that's that's abuse. <laughs> that's abuse, and she did it on camera because she brought somebody up there to record it. That's just as dumb. And she did get arrested behind this because she did did a follow up video talking about how her uh, she ain't, she ain't gonna raise this kind of child and all this kind of stuff. But you preparing him for life, and it's gonna be a messed up life. I promise you it is. But let's let's talk about it. First of all. She went in to the school and thought it was a good idea to tell the teacher, watch this. Then she went into the cafeteria, found him, snatched him out before in front of all the students. Uh, Then she beat him. I mean, not just spanked him. I mean, she I mean, those I mean, that was slave master type beating right there. I mean, she beat the brakes off of him. Uh, Then she called him MFs. And niggas and stood in his face like she was about to really beat him up. I mean, so if she did that, this is my thing here. If she did that in front of the teachers, then what is she doing at home? Huh? If she did that in front of the teachers, what is she doing at home? All right, thank you. T. Hanner said, I strongly believe, y'all, and that's that's the question. Can do you believe that your environment can help and I, I don't know i wish i had some a therapist on to answer this for me and if i do have any therapists in the chat or if y'all can tag one for me y'all let me know but i want to know is can your environment does your environment uh can it lead to mental health uh, t hanner said i strongly believe there is a correlation between environmental exposures and mental illness and yeah you are in the medical field so yeah environmental exposures and and, and environment mean who i hang around well, give me some examples, T, of environment. Who I hang around, school, work, uh, home, all those. Well, not kids don't have jobs. I'm sorry, but home, all those types of things. So that's one thing she said. Uh, but uh, T, she also said he's going to exhibit that same uh, anger and aggression on other kids and potentially his children. Y'all know one time I was at Walmart, and I've told this story before. But one time I was at Walmart and uh, I saw this young lady. She couldn't have been no more than 21, 22. And uh, she had a little boy, two, three years old, and she was just snatching him left and right. You know, he was re- he's trying to grab some candy. She snatched him, snatch him, snatch him. And I got tired of it. And I finally said, stop doing him like that. She said, you don't talk to me like that. This is my baby. You don't tell me what my, you know, she had one. I'm, I know I'm making the voice, but you're doing that. And I'm like, well, I said, I, I feel you on that. I said, but what you're going to do? Is you're going to raise him to hate everybody that look just like you? And the first moment he get a chance to take it out on somebody, he's going to take it out on somebody that look just like you. Because right now he got to take it. But it's going to come a time when he don't have to take it, right? And that's what happens. Like, I mean, you got this, this little boy. This, that little boy was six, seven years old getting beat like that. I mean, yeah, did, did y'all see that? I mean, that is crazy. She went in that school and beat the brakes off of that little boy. I mean, I mean, like I said, I mean, it messed me up. Look at this. Look. Look at this. Listen to the language. Look at this. Look at it. I mean, snatching him. Yeah. 
Wow. Tell me how that works. I mean, some, I mean, and you know what's funny? When this video first came out, there were people saying that the little boy deserved it. There were people saying, well, I got whoopings like that, and uh, and uh, and and I'm all right. Yeah, but that that whooping she did right there, that wasn't no whooping out of love. See, as I told y'all earlier, authoritative parent, when that parent spanks when that parent spanks his child, number one, it hurts that child. It hurts the parent as much as it hurts the child. And then when the parent gets through, it explains to him why he whooped him in love. Not calling him a little nigga in the, uh, in the MF and I'm a beat your AWS and all this kind of stuff. Come on, man. Are you kidding me? That's that, but that, but guess what? That's only one little boy like that. How many other little boys and little girls? I know, uh, hold on. Let me see what Karen said. Karen says she's probably used to receiving uh, this type of behavior herself, coupled with the pressures of being young and not having help and instruction to parent. I get it. I get it, but and 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 that's a very very true uh, and valid assessment. But the only problem with that assessment is this right here: is that who advocates for the child while she's doing this on the? I mean, like I told y'all earlier, parenting for me was an on-the-job training. Right? I I made mistakes with Trey that I didn't make with Kennedy and Mackenzie. Because I got it right. I mean, I, I and I and I and when I saw my errors, I corrected course. But because, like you said, she's coupled with the pressures of being young and not having help. But this child is left to fend for himself. Yeah. I asked the question about the different types of uh, environments. She said, "Home is the first." Uh, T. Hanner said, "Home is the first environmental exposure. School, streets, friends, all things that can encompass the child's most vulnerable." Uh, that's a good answer. All of the child's. So we we as parents, uh, as the village, aunts, uncles, grandmothers, grandparents, we need to do our very best to try to control the environment of our children. That's OK. That's OK. That is quite all right to control the environment of your children. T. Hannah says such disrespect for herself and her child. Who talks like that around children? Y'all remember when we were young? I mean, because some of y'all are forty somethings too. Y'all remember when we were young and our parents would have spade parties? When we went, had, when we went to the spade party, all the kids had to go in one room, and while they were in that room, they had to leave the door closed. I didn't care if we wanted to leave out of that room. We had to knock on the door first, and once we knocked on the door, we had to wait on an adult to come open the door and wait on them to let us go to the bathroom. Now we got kids that want to come stand behind you, stand behind you while you're trying to be at your hand. Say, no, nah, play that. No, don't play that. No, I'm just joking. I mean, I, I don't know. I hadn't been to a spade party in a while. If somebody want to play though, I'm down for it. I'm, not, I'm pretty good at spades. But yeah, yeah. She says such disrespect for herself and her child. Her language was trash. Her approach was trash. Her discipline was trash. This child cannot possibly learn anything from this trashy example of parent. I mean, what, I mean, what, when you, when he goes, when that child goes home, what is he going to see? What is he going to see when he gets home? I mean, is he even comfortable going home 
based on the based on the way his mom just treated him. Because I wonder who's at. I ain't gonna lie. You couldn't do my child like that. If I'm if I'm if I'm the daddy in that situation, and I, I pray his dad's not in in uh in prison or anything of that sort. I hope it's I hope it's not the stereotypical case. Uh, but uh, but that nobody's advocating for that child. Nobody's advocating for that child. I want to ask y'all a question. I want to ask y'all a question. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna put this. Let me type this question out because I want to ask y'all a question. Because we we saw that right there, and we and everybody that's in the chat right now, will you agree with me that that was child abuse? If you agree, say yes. Let me put that in the chat right now. If you agree that that was child abuse. Uh, then just say yes in the chat right now. And all nine of y'all in here, if you haven't shared it yet, please share it. Share this video. I'll probably be on for another 20 or 30 minutes and then we'll get out of here. But if you believe that was uh if you believe that was child abuse, put drop say yes in the chat for me right quick. Uh but let me I got a question I want to ask you. Give me one second, I'm typing it in. I asked this question on my Facebook page the other day and I didn't get many responses. But uh I want to see what my what my village or my community uh, believes. Uh, I ain't gonna steal your word, Karen. I'm gonna see what my community uh, believes with this regard. But uh, uh, but this is what I want to say. Hold on, I'm almost there. I'm gonna learn how to type faster. Or I gotta have these before. Hold on. Would you and tell the truth and uh, and be prepared to tell me how you would? All right, here it is. If you saw a friend or family member abusing their child, would you intervene? Everybody, Tira said, yeah, it was child abuse. Vita said it was child abuse. Tiara said it was child abuse. Okay. Tisa, I raised a son as a single 18-year-old mom, but it was important to me that my son trusted me and wanted to confide in me. You lose trust. When you belittle your child, I forgot you had a, ch a child. I forgot. I forgot, I forgot your, your son is grown. I forgot. I forgot that. All right. So if you saw a friend or family member abuse, I meant to say member. If you saw a friend or family member abusing their child, would you intervene? Lady Karen, you said yes. Uh, uh, who is that? Uh, Tira. You said, is that what, is that, yeah, Tira Robinson Haley, you said yes. How would you intervene? That's my question for y'all. How, how would you intervene? How would you intervene? What, what would you do to advocate for that child? If it was a nephew, a little cousin, you know, something along those lines. If you saw that child being abused by, a, 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 by one of your friends or family members, how would you, how, what would you do? What would you do? You would speak up and step up. Okay. I like that. Vita White, you said, you said, yes, you, you uh, if you saw it, you would intervene. Lady Karen, you said, if you saw it, you would intervene. Uh, oh no, T. Hannah, you said you would speak up and step up. How, I mean, so speaking up, would you call the authorities on them? Uh, would you, if it's a younger parent, would you sit down and try to provide counseling for that individual? Would you take the child out of the home? Uh, I mean, how how what what would you do? Okay, Vita says she would turn that situation around to a teachable moment. I like that. Okay, uh, Lady Karen said get the child at uh from the the child from the parent and uh and 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 deal with them. I think you're trying to say and deal with them both separately. Okay, so both so yeah so this is so it, 
I like this because let me see what uh okay. Tira says she would have a one-on-one conversation with the mother or the child or the, or the parent of the child. Okay, good. That's what I'm that's that's what I'm trying to get us to. That's the vid- I have young people now that call me and they share their experiences with me with their marriage, with raising their children. Some of them, like some of them are fathers, and because they're fathers, they and they never had fathers. They struggle with how to raise children. So sometimes they'll call me and get some advice from me with those regards. I think some, you know, a lot of us don't like getting involved in other people's business, right? We got to stop that mentality because that's really not our culture. That That's a cultural clash. We come from Africa, right? We come from Eastern culture. Eastern culture is a communal type of culture. That's why Big Mama and them used to be all in our business. That's why Big Daddy used to be all in our business. That's why when 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 we had trouble in our marriages, we went and talked to the elders in the family. Now we don't want to talk to nobody because we think we're smarter than everybody. So we get this little education and this and, and get these a couple of little degrees. And when we get these degrees, and now we're smarter than grandmama, or smarter than granddaddy. So now we don't want to go and get no advice. But see, see, degrees can't give you wisdom. And see, that's the thing that we have. Man, my children are much smarter than I. But this wisdom thing that I got, this some of this is divine. God gave this to me, my ability to process, my ability to see, my ability to explain, my ability to comprehend. Some of those things I had to get through the process of experience and time. And sometimes some of these children, like that girl there, she was overwhelmed. Who knows how many kids she had at home? And so she comes and she lets it all out at one time. Don't spank your children when you get angry. Take a break. Give yourself five minutes. Learn the art of fighting fair. Give yourself a moment. Give me, take a cooling period. Whatever you need to do. Because if you start spanking your children out of anger, you're going to be mad. You, you, whatever you are angry about is going to come out in the spanking, and it's going to be borderline abuse. I, th- I, I thank God for what the psalmist said. The psalmist said in Psalms, it was good that I was afflicted. <laughs> Discipline is a good thing. But he noticed what he didn't say. He didn't say it was good that I was abused. <laughs> no, he didn't. He said it was good that I was afflicted because afflicted means that I'm, I'm correcting. I'm trying to correct behavior. I'm trying to, I'm trying to change their, their current uh, trajectory in life. And I can do that with a little correction, right? But abuse means that I'm tearing that, I'm tearing that child down. Because the last thing I want is my child not to come home or not want to come home or not to want to see me or not any of those things. I mean, I, it, it does my heart good when, when, when they call just to check on me. Hey, Dad, what you doing? Only one that calls me on, on video call is, of course, is, my, is Kennedy. But it does me good because I've established that relationship over the years. And I tried my best not to abuse them. And trust me, there's not only physical abuse. There is also verbal abuse. I have heard some of these young mothers. Oh, let me see what T. Hanner said. She said, I have intervened with the same situation. I approached the parent, discussed the behavior, spoke up, and mediated on both behalves. What was the end result, if you don't mind telling me of that one right there? If you don't, if you don't mind telling me. If you don't mind telling me. But no, what I was saying, I've been in the house. And heard a young mother call her little seven, eight-year-old daughter a bee and a hoe. A bee 
And I'm not I'm talking about the word that rhymes with ditch and itch, but it starts with a B. And I was talking to a young lady yesterday, and she said that her mom calls her little sister sometimes bees and garden tools. Yeah, I've seen it. I saw a girl one time get ready to go to kick her child. I said, whoa, you can't do that around me. And she's like, well, no, that's my child. No, I got it. It's your child, but I'm out. I'm out. I can't deal with that. And I, and I, and I, and I had a conversation with her because I was this close to calling the authorities because you can't love them like that and then get that angry and want to kick them or call them bees and hoes and all that. That's your child, right? And when, you, and when you start talking to your child, you're speaking into that child. And so sometimes your words can either heal, build, or, or break down. Exactly. Lady Karen said, I don't even call other adults those names. But you calling somebody that can't fight back. That's my point earlier. What I said, we wonder why some of these children are so angry and how we talk about how bad these children are. And some of y'all that work at the school, I because mean, I, I used to work at school a long time ago, your child mess up at school. First thing they do, parent, mama come up there with a bonnet on her head, want to cuss out every teacher, want to cuss out, cuss out every doggone administrator, want to cuss out the principal, want to do all of these things and, and instead of going home and having a conversation with your child, taking away some privileges, letting, making them get off the Xbox, making them do, uh, something. But the only thing you know is to do something that's going to breed bad behavior, that's going to breed anger, that's going to make them upset and, then, uh, and all those types of things. We got to do better. We got to do better. Got to do better. Uh, Lady Karen said, intent, attitude, and even emotions are all part of intention. And children can pick up on these things. Absolutely. Children know when they're not being loved. That's why some of these kids grow up at 12, 13, 14 years old. Grown. Because we've overexposed them. And as a parent, you ought to be your child's dietitian. You ought to be able to control whatever comes into their body. And I'm not talking about food. I'm talking about what comes into their eyes. Sometimes you got to put locks on the phone. You got to tell them if you catch them on the Internet playing the wrong game. I mean, you watch some of these kids playing these Xboxes and they're playing Xbox Live and they're on there cussing with grown folks and all this kind of stuff. Ah. You got to control what goes in their ears, in their eyes, in their nostrils. You control those things because those are the things that are affecting their psyches. That's what's making these mean adults. That's what's making these kids go to school and want to fight. Trey had one almost fight through all of high school, and it wasn't nobody, wasn't he, him trying to fight anybody. It was somebody trying to fight him. He didn't tell me nothing about it because he didn't go to the principal's office. The, the, the coach told me about it. When the coach told me about it, I said, what was it about? He said it was about a girl. I said, oh, you ain't got to worry about that. Trey ain't fighting over no girl. Because I know my son. I knew him. <laughs> But he wasn't going to back down. And he told me, he said, you're doing all that talking. He said, man, you can get on out of here with all that crazy stuff. And that was it. Because he wasn't raised angry like that. He wasn't raised, we, we, you know I mean? He, he didn't talk for a long time. But, I mean, he talked like Kennedy. He's a cancer like me. Cancers, we sit in shells, right? And hey, we don't have company in our shells. Oh, did I miss a comment? Let me see what I got here. Okay, Vita said, parents want to hear, okay. Parents want to hear the good and bad 
through through the relationship uh, that has been developed over time with their children. This is what I call teachable moments. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's and that's Zeta. That's and that and and you can see that in your success because we we learn how to uh, yeah. But but see, you missed the earlier part of the show, Simp. When we talk about you said kids fighting back, but see they they didn't that that's just an, that's not that's not an event. That's a process. Because if you if you'd have got them right at four and five, and that and that didn't involve a whole lot of whooping like that, that just involved correcting. Then they would have respected you enough. Some of them gotta fight back. You see, you didn't see the video I just showed about the little boy a minute ago where the mama beat the brakes off of him at six years old. I, and I never advocate for a kid fighting back, fighting his parents back. But that look, but the way she treated him, he'll be fighting a whole bunch of women in his lifetime. He'll be fighting a whole lot of women in his lifetime because of the anger that was bred in him. And see, we, we, we think we get so comfortable believing that everybody raised their kids like we raise our kids. And that's not the case. My daughter just told you that a minute ago. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about the, yeah, yeah. Let me look at some of these comments. Cause I like, I like to get, keep you on by a child. Should, oh yeah. A child should not go to bed without love after discipline. But it has to be discipline, Lady Karen. It can't be abuse. And it's a fine line between discipline and abuse. And it all starts with what you just said a minute ago, Lady Karen. It all starts with intent. If you lose control, then that's what starts to happen. Uh, let me see, T. Hannah, what it uh She said, I, uh, I can't see this child trusting his mother with any of his indiscretions. I feel he would fear that in any, anything he does, will be over-publicized and used against him for social belittling, exploiting, and social exposure, uh, i.e. do it for the gram. Yep. Hey, I, I, hey, amen. That's all I can say on that one is amen. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Vita, right. You're right. We do. Discipline must come from a place of love. And if it comes from a place of love, then you get different outcomes. Like I told you at the beginning of this things, we are the effects of what we have been exposed to and what we have, what we embrace. That's what we do. So let me, uh, let me, uh, let me, uh, let me start trying to, uh, get this thing down a little bit because, and I want to tell you a few things that happen when discipline is, uh, excessive because sometimes, uh, sometimes people can be, they can call it discipline. But that ain't discipline. That's 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 excessive, and it really is abuse. It really is abuse. So we don't want to. Oops, hold on. I can't miss be misspelling words. I thought I just fixed it. Let's see. Did I fix it? Nope. Let me re retype the word. But it's a couple. There's a few things that happen when dealing. When oh lord, okay. Yeah, a few things that happen. There we go. All right, sorry about that, guys. All right, so here it is. I'm a, I'm retyping this word. 
This, this battery needs to last longer than that. All right, here we go. So when, this is what happened when, when this, when is, I'm asking, answering the question, when is discipline ex, uh, excessive, excessive? Number one, discipline is excessive when the child is physically injured, including bruising, broken skin, swelling, or a situation that requires medical attention. That's when this, that's one way discipline is excessive. When a child is uh, is physically injured, including bruising, uh, broken skin, swelling, or a situation uh, that requires medical attention, so that's a that that so that's when discipline is. I really you, you know good and well she left some welts on that boy. She left some welts. She left some welts. Hold on, I want to I want to get y'all's opinion on this one too. I got one more video I want y'all to look at. And y'all tell me if this was the same. If, if I don't view this as the same way, but I do have a problem with it. Check this one out. You don't walk down my fucking house without doing what I asked you to do. Do you understand me? Do this shit again. Get your ass in the car. Now. I don't give a fuck about your hair thing. Wow. Where the girl, man? Where the girl? Right here. Right up against the cabinet. Not that one. It's up against the cabinet. Move your arm. Move your left. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right, so y'all tell me, was that abuse? Was that abuse? Y'all let me know. In, in y'all's opinion, was that we? I know. Uh, I know. We children got to do what their parents tell them to do, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, you can't allow your child to disrespect you, especially if you give them a task or a chore. Uh, they need to do what you tell them to do. But coming to the barbershop, cussing like that, cussing, cussing, and then swinging on him in front of everybody, because that ain't no little boy. That's not a that's not a seven, eight, nine year old boy. That's a that's a fifteen, sixteen year old boy that you punching upside the head in front of other grown men. And you're emasculating him. How, I mean, what 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 do you think his men, What do you think his mentality is going to be? Because Bishop, I heard you a minute ago. You said old school discipline. Is, is, is that is that old school discipline? Right? Is that discipline? I know it's old school, but is that discipline or is that abuse? Yeah, I mean, so far Vita said it's absolutely. Ashley said it's it's mental abuse, not physical. She, she was hitting him with a broom, huh? Okay. Uh. Uh. Uh, Tira Robinson Haley said, "Yes, it is abusive, and it's it's definitely not discipline." All right, so Lady Karen, uh, different generation, a little bit. She said it's definitely not it's not abuse, but it's bad judgment. Break that down for me, Lady Karen. In fact, I'm about to send you this. Uh, if you dress, I'm about to send you this thing now because you got to come on and explain that one to me. You got to explain that one to me, Lady Karen. Check your check your email in just a second. Hopefully, if I can get this to work. There it is. There it is. 
All right. Boom. There you go, Lady Karen. Come here. All right. So Vita White said, as a young man, it was very demeaning. I'm going to tell you that very much so. And I mean, at five, I mean, that little boy at five or six, true enough, it'll bother him in the future real bad. But a 15, 16 year old boy that's only one or two years away from being out of his mama's house any doggone way if he want, if he chooses to be so. And you've seen your mama come in here and slap you all upside your head and 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 and, and he cuss at you and him and beat you with a broom out the door. That's pretty emasculating. You're not building a boy. In, you're not you're not building a boy into a, man, a, a decent man. And Vita, I mean, you you raised a son. I mean, you're raising a son. Have you? Could you ever see yourself going in? Even if he, let me just ask you this: Even if he um, disobeyed you, and you walked up on him in the barbershop like that, what would your response be? What could have been a different response? What could have been a different response? I don't. I mean, that's a good question, Bishop. Bishop said, "How does the man? How does the mom rebound from that?" You talking about after she is after she put her hands on him like that? I don't. You know what the sad part about it? I don't think she feels like she has to rebound. See, because earlier earlier we talked about the different parenting styles, and one of the parenting styles that we we discussed was the authoritarian style, where uh, where we believe it's my way or the highway. And so if she operates uh, as with that with that mentality that says it's my way or the highway, then she could care less what he thought because she she felt like she was justified in what she done. I ain't gonna lie, when I heard her voice, I thought I thought her uh, speech was slurred a little bit. I did, you know. I mean, I'm not saying she was drinking. I don't know for sure, but I just listened to her talk. You know, it just. I, I didn't like it. I, I remember one time when Trey had to be nine and uh, he had done, he was moving around slow in the morning. This is before I realized that he just wasn't a morning person. I mean, it took me a long, took me 10, 11 years to realize that he wasn't a morning person. And it was understandable because sometimes we're not morning people, right? So how come, why does, why does he have to automa automatically be a morning person? But that particular day he was moving a little slower and his mom jacked him up against the wall, and I mean, she was going off. And that I mean, just one. As soon as he got on the bus, because number one, I knew he had to get on the bus mad. And I put, I ain't gonna lie, I put him on the bus mad a few times in my life too. That's the worst thing in the world we can do to our kids is put him on the bus mad or send him to school mad. But uh, that day she put him on. You no, know, we put him on the bus mad after she had jacked him up, and she and I were talking afterwards. And I said, "Listen, from now on, do me a favor. Let me get him. Let let, let me jack him up." She said. Well, I mean, I want to make sure that I said, no, let me jack him up because I need him to have a hiding place. And I need you to be that hiding place because I'm going to stay in his butt because there's certain things that we as men try to get out of our sons. We try to put that dog in them, but, but we don't want it to be a rabbit dog, right? We want it to be a dog that's calculated, that knows how to be a protector, you know, or that knows when to strike because his strike is calculated, correct? So that so we so I wanted to make sure that I put that in him. And sometimes I knew I was going to make him mad. I knew I was going to have him upset. And when I had him upset, I wanted him to be able to have somebody to go to. Not his girlfriend, not his friends, not his homeboys. I want him to be have his mother to go to. And now they have like that ace boon coon relationship. 
and 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 me and he and I do too. We had our spats over the years where we kind of fell out and all those types of things, but we were able to come back because of the training that led to trusting. That woman, I don't know if she'll ever be able to get that trust back. He beat she beat him and embarrassed him. And who knows? That probably wasn't the first time. That probably was not the first time. Bishop, I asked a question a minute ago, and I what's your answer? I said, if uh if a, you saw a friend or a family member abusing a child, would you intervene? That that's the that's the question I'm asking for those in the chat tonight. So the first thing I was we talking about earlier said when discipline becomes excessive is when uh number one when the child is physically injured, including bruising, broken skin, or uh, swelling, or a situation that requires medical attention. Uh, it also when the caretaker whether a parent or guardian or a school official, when they lose control. Would you would y'all say that the women in those two videos lost control? Would y'all say that the women that the woman in those two videos that were raising those children, uh, would you say that they lost control? I would. I would definitely say that they lost control. I would definitely say that they lost control because number one, in the society we live in, they locking you up if you spank these children. Okay, he said you would definitely intervene because of experience working in the education field. Okay, uh, the, I, I would say they were definitely out of control. I would say they were definitely out of control. Uh, definitely out of control. Definitely, Tira said, yeah, out of control. Anybody else? What do y'all think? Were they out of control? Because discipline discipline becomes excessive when the caretaker, whether it's a parent, parent, a guardian, or a school official, whenever they lose control. Uh, that's it. And that's what asking this, asking this confirm what I said. That's not, they, they, they'll lock you up. And I'm surprised because if you looked at the women in the first video, they look shocked. <laughs> they look like, oh Lord, where did we get this little boy into? I bet that woman hated she told the parents on her now. I, I she probably, yeah, okay. And I, and, and I was waiting on that one. Single parenting is not easy. As a single mother raising a, vo a boy, it's tough. It's tough. That's why I really, really, really wish, uh, I really wish that uh, uh, parents could work it out. You know what I'm saying? That's why I'll always be indebted to my uh, ex-wife for staying as long, because I know she probably wanted to leave years earlier, but she stayed long enough to make sure we at least got the got the son out of high school, at least got the son, in, and the daughters were deep into, uh, oh, you can't get on, well, I sent it to you, so I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, we uh, definitely, definitely. All right, so caretaker, whether when they lose control, I'm almost finished. I got two or three more, and we're done. The next one is discipline becomes excessive, excessive when punishment uh is is meant to instill fear rather than to educate the child. I promise you, she was trying her very best. To scare that child. No one wants to allow these kids to get their ass whooped. I don't mind, I don't mind them getting a whooping, but I don't want to see them getting beat all about the back and around the head and all that. I mean, she didn't care where she hit him at. That boy was jumping and all kind of stuff. So I I I really, 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 I really hated that. I really hated that. Yeah. I know, yeah, they need I, nobody's nobody is saying that uh okay, here she comes. All right, good. Let's go back. 
All right, answer your, can you, you there, Lady Karen? I'm here. All right, explain your position. How was that not, how was that not abuse, but maybe bad decision? You know what? You know, we still have this problem again where I cannot hear you. So can you speak a little louder? And I'm going to try to go from there. All right, and the question is, because you, you were the one that said it, that it, you were the only one that said it was, you didn't think it was abuse. Right. It was bad judgment. Right. And I'm just asking how 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 so? What what's your assessment of that video? Well, I derived that conclusion based on the definition that you read, which by the definition there wasn't a broken skin or any of those things. However, uh, and I heard you say this while I was trying to get on. The guy was a teen. He was a teenager, obviously. He was every bit as big as his mother. But as a parent, I would not do that. Now, I have boys that are bigger than me. Both my boys are about 6'2". So I can understand, you know, how she felt with whatever the frustra frustration was that she had going on. But it was just bad judgment. But I don't think it was abuse. I don't, by definition, uh, and just by watching it, I think it was probably what she was used to again. But... Um, it wasn't wise at all. I mean, I'm sure everything you said, she has emasculated her son. I'm sure he was embarrassed. She probably was embarrassed at the end of it, and she calmed down and could think. But so many times we act out of our emotion. So, and, I, and, I, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Yeah, go ahead. She's cussing him. Yeah. Like crazy. Yeah. I mean, she's hit him with a broom. She said she asked the dude where the broom was, and she's <laughs> hit broom out the door. I mean, we don't know if it was broken his skin or anything. I that that well probably did, that that broom probably left the well. You just couldn't see it. You don't think so? If I if I hit if, if somebody I ain't gonna say if I hit you because I can't imagine myself hitting a woman. But if you right. hit me with a broom, <laughs> you don't think it's gonna leave? I mean, I know you dainty and all lady like and all that kind of stuff. But if you swing that broom. Uh, Vita White, you said you want to tell us, share a true story. I just sent you the uh, link uh, to your inbox on Facebook. So you're welcome to come on and share that story because we're, we're about to get out of here. So if you want to come on and tell that story, Vita White, come on because Lady Karen and I are having this. Lady Karen and I are having this discussion yes, on, right. what's, <laughs> on what's not abusive. This lady is cussing her child. I mean, and hitting this Negro with a broom. I don't know. I mean, it wasn't as bad as the first one. But and I get it. He's six one, six two. But I mean, my thing is, if he's sixteen, right? If you did what you were supposed to do at five and six, no, I want you to do it, Vita. Come on, I want you to do it. Um, if you did it right at five and six and ten and eleven and twelve, you ain't got to do all that cussing at sixteen. You know, uh, James, I'm this tight, and, and I'm going to openly admit this. This is being very transparent. I don't cuss around my kids. I'm not a cusser, period. But uh, two days ago, I was riding with my daughter, and I said the D word. And she looked at me and just fell out laughing because she had never heard me say a cuss. Now, she's a baby, and she's 20. And I said all of that to say, I don't believe that, you know, we should use those type of languages around our children ever. I mean, we get mad at them, but why are we cussing 
our children out. I don't believe in even cussing other grown people out, but especially our children. I don't think we understand the damage that we do to them when we do that. But when somebody's always cussing us out, when that's the only type of um, language that we hear, then when we get in that same mood, whether it's anger, whether it's hostility, whether it's I'm just sick of you, are you getting on my nerves? That's exactly what's going to come out. It's what's been put in us. Losing control. Same thing we said earlier. The, lose, the whole losing control aspect of it. Well, and for some people, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. You go ahead. For some people, I, I definitely, I agree with what you're saying. But for some people, it's not even a matter of control because to them, it's not wrong. This is how you respond when somebody piss you off. Even if it's your kids, you cuss them out. So it's not a matter of control. They never had control and the control they thought they had. Those other people who look at it could tell them from jump, you are out of control, but it's not to them. But it's, but it's still, even though they don't even, you know, I can, um, I mean, I don't, let's just put this disclaimer out there. I don't, I can, I can be a super spreader as they call it. Right. With the, with the coronavirus, and not even know I'm a super spreader. Right. But I'm still infected. And when I go around somebody, they're going to catch what I got, right? So same thing. If that person is toxic and dysfunction has become the norm, I, even though it's the norm, it's still not the it's not appropriate. It's still not well, – it's against societal standards. You know what I'm saying? So is even it? with – yeah, it is. When you beat somebody with a broom uh, in public – I'm sorry. I thought you were just talking about the cussing because – you know, most people do. Well, I wouldn't have as much pr- trouble with the broom if I if, if the cussing wasn't accompanying the broom. Right. You see what I'm saying? Oh, and, yeah. I, and I heard what and I heard Ashley because Ashley's uh, Ashley's kind of agreeing with you, and then she said, "There's no what's the difference in a man boxing his son? You I mean that's right? A man can box his son, but his mom. I don't, don't want to see the woman boxing his son. I mean, like, for instance, you I would never box my daughters, but I want my wife, my one of my ex wife to get them. You feel what I'm saying? Because I'm not putting my hands on my daughters like that. Because I don't want I don't want to even see them in a place of believing that it's okay for a man to put his hands on me. So you're definitely not gonna see your daddy doing that, right? And I didn't want my son seeing the same thing with a woman putting her hands on him. Not in that regard. So I did that. Now that's that's my I'm not saying that's right, wrong, or whatever, but that was my rule in my house. You understand what I'm saying? Because I felt as if he got used to a woman hitting him, that would emasculate them. I understand most women are raising them alone, but if you put it, now let me say this as well, Ashley. When he got past the age of eight or nine or 10, it wasn't no spanking going on because I trained him in the formative years. Same thing. If you train him in those younger years, you ain't going to have to put your hands on them when they get to a certain age and all those types of things. I disagree with that. That with what? that one statement, James. I don't. I don't. You know. Now, 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 before you answer that, hold on. Let's not. Let's let's look at not specific. Let's look at it general. Let's look at it in a general context. But go ahead. You said you disagree. From what standpoint? Well, I just don't believe that all our children's training can happen in the first six to ten years. And and I do believe in those first six to seven formative years. They learn, as they say, like 98% of things that we use on a daily basis is learning the first seven years. I agree with that. But our children 
it's even different than, you know, mine and your generation. They pick up so many things that we don't give them. That's because true. because they spend so much time around other influential people, i.e. teachers, coaches, whoever. Now, I did have, you know, an advantage because I homeschool. But for so many other parents, their children are learning things and picking up things on top of what they teach them that they did not teach them. And I just don't think I don't think we can let our children get till they're seven or ten and feel like everything that's going to be done has been done and that's the well, thing. Well, let me let me clarify. First of all, I'm not saying that they're going to learn all those things in the first seven, right. 10 years. I'm, right. I'm agreeing with that 98% that you said, most of the things. Uh -huh. But if you heard what I said, what I tried to do with my children earlier in life was, and, and I heard, I hear, we know, like Kennedy says, she's at school now, people have different hygiene things going on. Trey went off and he, they had, so my thing, my point is, in that training, we're also insulating. And so as you insulate them, you prepare them for the things that are going to come that they're not used to, right? And now, let me now, now watch this. They're not going to get it right 100% of the time. I know that. Like I told Kennedy a minute ago, be okay with making a bad decision. I love to hear her a moment ago saying that she don't know why she loves softball so much because you had to fail so much. But see, if you, if you, if you teach them how or insulate them from the stuff that could eventually become... The, the deteriorator, if you will, or the one that will. And like I said, you're not going to get it right 100 percent of the time. But the goal to get is to get it right most of the time. Yes. Right. Yes. And so if you if I, and I do believe the Bible, if you believe the Bible, and if we do, those of us that do and everybody don't necessarily believe that. But if you believe the Bible, then it says train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he's old. It don't say he might not depart from it. It says he right. will not depart from it. But that's when we've done our part. Did Agreed. I cuss around my kids? Sometimes. Was it calculated? Sometimes. Did I lose control when cussing them? Never. Right. Never. Because if I'm that angry, I need to go in the backyard. Yeah. If I'm that angry, I need to get in my car and drive because I know what happens when I get angry. When I get angry, I'm going to mess up the whole house and the whole room. So my best thing when I do is I get angry, I go lay myself down somewhere because I, I need a nap. <laughs> and then when I wake up, we'll approach that. And, and they'll tell you that. I, I was nervous to hear what they would say tonight when I asked them <laughs> what type of parenting style because I didn't know what they were going to say. But they spoke from the depths of their heart. Right. I think as parents, we should always hold on. But that does not mean they would not stumble and have to come back. I'm not saying they won't. But the thing is, it's hard to fall far if you're already on your knees. Yes. I like that. Ah, I, I like I had, that. <laughs> if, I had, if I had hoop triggers, I promise I'd tune up right there. I'd probably ah. that'd be a good place to hoop. But yeah. It's not, and, and, that, and that, that comes from keeping them humble and keeping them grounded, right? right? But when we set these false expectations up, we set them up. Sometimes we set them up for failure because we put them up so high, so high. And the first time they mess up, we want to beat them and act like they made the worst mistake in the world. When Kennedy lost it at that game and she lost it, you saw her face when we started talking about it. She's like, oh, my God, because they needed her that game. And you think I'm going to go there. Girl, you go. we need you. The game time. We got to win the conference. We got to go through. No, I said, come on, walk. Let's walk. One. Two. All right, calm down. Breathe. Breathe, because I can't get nothing out of you while you're angry. 
I can't get nothing out of you while you have no control right now. So the first thing I got to do is I got to get you on even keel. When my kids mess up, I she did most of the punishing as far as taking away privileges and all those types of things. I ain't going to lie. When I was little, I wish my mama used to give me a whooping because I can get a whooping over with in what, about five, ten minutes? It might hurt for 15. <laughs> but if I made a bad grade, my stepmama used to make me, not my mom, she used to make me literally go in my room and stay until I got my next report card. Y'all know report cards don't come out by what, once every nine weeks? That's why I'm crazy now. Because I had to sit up in my room and battle my own thoughts for, for you know every day after school. The only interaction, social interaction I had was when I went to school. Man, that was really that was equivalent to uh what you call it? Uh what you call it uh voluntary confinement. Yeah. That was but it's taught me how to think. I mean, I read a lot of books during that time. You know, some, it was, so some good probably came out of it, you know. But in reverse, man, I hated that. And I, and I ain't going to lie. I've had a lot of resentment in my adult life because of how I was treated. And that's the last thing moms and dads we should want from our children is the, them resenting how now, now now Karen you can laugh you can laugh about how your mama and them pulled out the switch they made me go get the switch you know Absolutely. because it was because it was discipline right I mean that 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 walking that green mile outside to that plum tree wasn't no joke you know what I'm saying because they made you go get your own switch now, I ain't gonna lie. right for the record <laughs> everybody's listening to the intellectual stew for the record James Kirkland has never been spanked with a switch. Ain't that's never happened to me. No, man, I was good. I could get, I could get out of a whooping better than anybody. If my if, if my uncle Chuck was on here, he'll tell you in a heartbeat. I was the best at getting out of a whooping because if I was about to get a whooping, I called my grandmother that lived down the street. She would come and get me. <laughs> and then if I was at the other one and got in trouble, my other grandmama would come and get me. So I would always get out just before the whooping. So I was real good. And plus, I wasn't that bad. So Ashley sitting there bragging about her three switches and how her mama <laughs> would make her braid the switches. That. I mean, I had an aunt that used to put her kids in the bathtub and then take them out and whoop them while they were wet. And they would never say that they were abused because they doctors, I mean, mean, uh, police officers. I mean, they're good, good citizens in life. But today that would be abuse. I and think, I'm not. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. You think I like to hear you think. I, I think everything you're saying is so true and we have to remember when we were having me we and my parents your parents when we were having our children we wanted our children we expected our children even if we might not have sat down and planned that a baby is going to come we are trying to have a baby we at least wanted our children and i think in this day and time so many people just have a baby because that's what's just going to happen because i'm at that point in my monthly cycle where I am fertile, it's not that the children are necessarily wanted out of love. And it's hard. It's yeah. gotta be hard wow. to nurture a child. That's a good point. When you when you weren't when you were not anticipating, that's gotta be hard. You know? Yeah, but but yeah. at the end of the day, the child did not ask to be here. Not at all. And and, at and, all. and our responsibility, and this is where I, this is really what the whole lesson is about tonight is that it's our responsibility to foster foster greatness. It's our responsibility to to take this child from 
birth to 17, 18 and make them a responsible. And like you say, you still parenting your children, your children, some of them in their 30s. Right. Yeah. So you. Yeah. So and you're still parenting your children, you know, and we don't stop. You know, what I mean, like That's... I said, I, I've loosened the reins on mine. You know what I'm saying? And I'm here when you call. I'm not calling you trying to in, no trying to right. intrude in your life, right. but I'm here when you call, right? And that and, th- and that's what I think we should try to uh, develop uh, develop into because that's part of the development process, right? You know what I'm saying? We should want to develop our children into. It's amazing how do your child fall so far behind that you have two different agendas going on in the same school? You got a school where one child is learning calculus. But in the, in the same school, another child still struggling with two plus two. That's uh, probably all of the trauma and drama that came between the two children. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised question. how much a person's life can change in the course of a year or two. I mess with you. That was a rhetorical question. You did something, somebody. I'm just, I'm just messing with you. But, no, I wanted <laughs> to answer. That. No, that, no, that's a good answer. But it, it's definitely a reason. It's definitely a reason. It's definitely a reason that uh and, and but a lot of it is as t hanner said earlier a lot of it has to do with environment it, lo- it has to do with the home and home structure uh that that and because if you can't help your child with homework you're probably not gonna make them do it are you you know i i i believe that once we have children until they are grown our life goes on a back burner. I mean, it doesn't mean you can't live, but it does mean that you should not live at the expense of your child's life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me, uh, we're about to get out of here. So let me, let me hit two more things. And then we got here. Cause we were talking about the, uh, about uh, what makes discipline excessive. The next one is when the action is inappropriate for the child's age. I really believe that that little boy that got beat in that school, that, that was so inappropriate. For that little bitty boy to beat him, that was a beating. That was a beating. Yeah, we see that on Mississippi Burning and all that kind of stuff. I didn't like looking at that. <laughs> that was tough. That was tough. Yeah. And I mean, I, I sat at home one time and literally I watched it earlier today and literally got mad. I, started, I mean, I had to. I was literally about to. I just had to release. The next one is the last one is actions. When actions result from a caretaker's unreasonable demands or expectations for the child, when action results from the when when the child when the parent when the caretaker is making unreasonable demands or expectations, and those actions are causing that child to act out, that's that's abuse, right? And 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 and, and it's excessive, and we got to figure out how to get the most out of our children. Now, Bishop asked a wonderful question. And I think uh, he asked a wonderful question. I think that's something that we need to ponder on as we get ready to leave tonight because I'm about to uh, wind it down. I I promise I didn't mean to be on this long. But uh, the question is, can we help these moms? And not only moms, but it's some some single dads out here. So so you say we can help them? Absolutely. How? Absolutely. Well, for one, by instruction, like I said, when when you see, well, in my, most of my counseling and dealing with younger people, most of the people that are that type of angry, especially with their children, are around the ages 32 and under. Okay. And I just think they need help in someone teaching them not only how to be a mom, but even before that, how to be a woman, how to be a female. Because what happens is they develop into their teen years and they 
you know, and adolescents, they don't, they haven't figured that part out. And then that gets coupled on top of, I'm a young adult. I don't know. I didn't figure out the teen years. Now I have the young adult years. Then I become a mom. So it just compiles and it compiles and it compiles. And until we hear them saying, I need some help of some type, not, it could be counseling. Maybe not. It's, it could be instruction. Um, I mean, I feel it's not much we can do if we don't first work with the parents. We can have the children, and I think we should. But what good would it do if we are getting the kids' issues straightened out and they keep going right back home every day in the same household with the same yeah. drama? And, but the only thing is the moms have to ask for help or, 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 or won't help or accept help. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And that, I agree that, they need to accept help, but sometimes, and we, you know, it's a fine line in this. Sometimes we have to reach out to them and say, we are their mother, the mother's mother. We are the mother's sister. We are the dad's brother and say, hey, you know, I'm kind of noticing this going on. You do realize that that may not be the best thing for your children. Can I help you? Will you allow me to help you? Because now when you ask, waiting on people to ask, now you're dealing with pride. You're dealing with a whole lot of stuff. Keep this, whatever going in this house, stay in this house. You know, you got all of those things going on, James. So it, it takes a village. It takes well, all of us. Well, then that's, that's my, that was my purpose tonight. And and having this conversation is to challenge the village, yeah, uh, yeah. to intervene, mm -hmm. to uh, lovingly insert themselves into some of these moms' life when you when yeah. you see somebody being abused, when you Absolutely. see somebody uh, uh, being mistreated, all those things, and say, "Hey, ho, ho, let, come on, let's have a talk," because that's what grandmama and them used to do. That's it, you know. But grandmama's got a lot younger. <laughs> And when grandmamas got younger, I still believe the world got worse, you know, and, and, uh, and that's, and that's, that's something that we gotta, we gotta go. But listen, it's been a real good conversation tonight. Uh, like I said, these are, these aren't always the most popular conversation. We don't get the 30 and forties and fifties in the chat on these types of conversations, but they're so necessary yeah. because our children are our most precious commodity. They're yeah. our most precious commodity. And some of them are suffering and failing and they're having trouble processing in this thing called life and i think that we need to figure out how to be uh more of a benefit to these children as opposed to a burden i appreciate you lady karen for stepping in and uh, having, having this conversation with me we're gonna do it again okay. real real soon everybody else that's been chat y'all know how i do